Welcome to Finish Well Homeschooling Podcast, where changing the world starts with changing the home, with your host, Meredith Curtis. Welcome to Finish Well Podcast. Today we are talking about seven classic books that every homeschool mom should read. And if you need show notes or you want to get some links from the show notes, check out, um, this is episode 169. So I'm so excited that you're here today and we are going to have so much fun. Now, just outside my bedroom door in the hallway is a bookcase. And it's a very special bookcase because my husband built it for me in the first early years that we were married. And it's just very, very precious to me. He carved my name into it. And it's really, really precious. And I'm so grateful for it. And just so appreciative that he took the time to do that. So what I do is on that bookcase, I keep books that are very, very precious to me. The books about being a mom, being a wife, being a homemaker, being a woman of God, all those books I keep on that bookshelf. And like I said, it's just a very precious book. And it's filled with some books that I treasure so much. And if I were to be told I could only keep seven books on that bookshelf, there are seven books that I would keep. Labrie by Edith Schaefer, For Better or Best by Gary Smalley, Shepherding a Child's Heart by Ted Tripp, The Hidden Art of Homemaking by Edith Schaefer, Creative Counterpart by Linda Dillow, The Christian Family by Larry Christensen, and The Spirit of Loveliness by Emily Barnes. Now, there's a lot of other ones that I really, really like, and I really want to keep all of my books because I love my books. But these books have had such a huge impact on my life. And they're actually like special friends. They've spoken into my life. They've transformed me. They've brought things forth from me that I didn't imagine they were there. They're For the, the ones written by women, they have been like Titus to women in my life, calling me to things that I really didn't understand. And then for the ones written by men, they've been like pastors or fathers in the faith to me. And anyway, these books are just precious to me. So as we talk about these seven books, the reason I'm sharing them with you is because for me, they have hugely transformed my life. And I actually have my daughters read all seven of these books. And as far as my my sons, I have him read a few of the books, too. So I'm going to jump right in, and I'm going to share these seven books and why they are just so precious to me. So the first book is called Labrie. And just so you know, if you can picture it, I'm sitting at my husband's desk, and I have all seven books in front of me. So if you hear any rustling, that is me opening the books. Labrie is a book that I read before I got married. I was still in college, and I had just been praying, Lord, 
I want my life to count for you. I want to marry a godly man. I want to raise godly children. And I really want my life to count. I don't want to waste my life. And this book came into my hands, Labrie. And oh my goodness, this book is so amazing. It's the story of Edith Schaefer and her husband, Francis Schaefer. Now, Francis Schaefer has written tons of apologetic books. They are really, really good. And I'm sure that you recognize his name. But Edith wrote the story of their ministry, and it begins in Philadelphia, where he went to Westminster Theological Seminary, and she helped by, um, you know, sewing and doing things for people to help earn extra money while he was going through seminary. And then after they went through seminary, he pastored for a little while, and then he really felt called to the mission field, and she did too. And their relationship was so centered on Christ And so this isn't their life story. This is just, they went to the mission field. They went to Switzerland. And in Switzerland, they lived in a little home that they named Labrie. And over time, they welcomed people into their home and shared the gospel with them and taught them and brought them up in the faith. Now, you have to keep in mind that this was a time Um, of great unrest in the late 60s, the early 70s, when the hippies were going over to Turkey and other places, they were buying drugs, they were dropping out, and they they were seeking truth. Like, now we don't care about truth. But back then, yeah, they were rejecting the truth of the Bible, but they were still thinking there was something else, some other ultimate truth. And so they came away very disillusioned because we know Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by him. So these disillusioned young people would come to Labrie, and Francis and Edith would talk to them about Jesus, and Francis would make her cinnamon rolls and her delicious food, and at the same time, she was raising her children And they led so many young people to Christ. And those people walked with God. And many of them joined their ministry, but many of them went on to do other things. And I loved her heart. I loved her passion. I loved how their relationship was focused on ministry. And as I read that book, Labrie, I just got so excited to have my life, my marriage, my home, my family count for eternity. And so that book just had a huge impact on me as a young woman. And I recommend it to you because it's a glimpse into their their home. Labrie was their home that they welcomed people in to minister to. And if you want to have a bigger view of family ministry, this is definitely the book. The next book I want to talk to you about is called For Better or Best, and it's by Gary Smalley. Now, when Mike and I first got married, we really struggled. I was 22. He was 23. We were so young, and we were both kind of selfish, and we had so much growing and learning to do. And we went to this conference by Gary Smalley, and at the conference, Gary Smalley just had such a good way of explaining men to women and explaining women to men. And he wrote for better or for, 
or for best for women. And the subtitle is A Valuable Guide to Knowing, Understanding, and Loving Your Husband. And that's truly what it was. This book ministered so much to my heart, making me realize my husband is not like me. My husband is not my girlfriend. My husband is my husband, and I need to learn to love him the way he needs to be loved. This was such a helpful book, and I so appreciate He also wrote a book called If Only He Knew, and that was for men, and in the same way, he explains women to his male readers. So as you can guess, I have my daughters read this book in high school, and my sons read the book for um, the men. The next book is called Shepherding a Child's Heart, and whenever I see the title of that book or hear the title of that book, it instantly changes me because the whole idea that we are shepherds and Jesus is our shepherd. And in the same way, we're, we're under shepherds to our children. Like we can raise our children and love our children the way Jesus shepherds us. That's when I saw the title, I thought I have to buy this book. Little did I know how much biblical wisdom was packed into this book. This book is absolutely amazing. I love, love, loved it. And it goes through everything. It talks about um, getting rid of unbiblical methods of childbearing. And you know, that seeps in so easily to the church where we just latch on to whatever is the current popular thing. It doesn't matter if it's biblical or not. And so they they talk about how children develop, the author Ted Tripp, he's a pastor, and they talk about our authority, our biblical authority, and what are biblical methods of child rearing. They talk about um, spanking even, and then the different stages of childhood, how to raise your children through those different stages. So it honestly is a book for any um, parents of any age child, it was such a blessing to me. It, the, the word I would use to describe it is gentle. It, it's almost like if I could change the title, I mean, if you had to, it's such a good book, I would never want to, but I would maybe call it gentle parenting because it is such a gentle way of raising children. I really, really love that book. The next book is Hidden Art of Homemaking. And this is again by author Edith Schaefer. Now, the reason I love Edith Schaefer so much, and um, she is one of my personal heroes, is because another one of my personal heroes is my grandmother. And I always thought, you know, if my grandmother wrote a book, it would be one of the Edith Schaefer books, because they just remind me so much of each other. And then another lady reminds me of my mom and my grandmother, that I'm going to mention later. Her name is Emily Barnes. So these women really are just amazing, but they are just precious to me because I, you know, I knew women that were like them. So the hidden art of homemaking basically says, hey, did you know that you're an artist? Um, I mean, a real artist. You bring life and beauty and joy into your home, into your family, and it starts out like that. And I was like, wow, you know, I, I read this book for the first time when I was in um, college and I reread it many times through the years. 
And I ended up creating a homemaking course. And this is one of the books, the living books that we read. In fact, we read through it over a year. It just has such an amazing impact. Now, it's an old fashioned books and some of the pictures in it, you know, it was it was written in the 70s, I believe, or the early 80s. And, you know, the, the pitch, some of the pictures seem a little bit old fashioned, but. Wow, it's so beautiful. It talks about God as an artist. It talks about music and bringing music into your home. It talks about bringing painting and sketching and sculpturing in your home, even as far as drawing and doodling. It talks about interior decorating and decorating your home in imitation of Christ, the ultimate artist. It talks about gardening and it talks about flower arranging and it even talks about food and setting a beautiful table and letting the food be attractive and beautiful on the plate. I mean, this book is so amazing and overwhelming. And the first time I read it, I thought, I want to be like that. It, it talks about writing and drama and recreation and even integrating the ages. It even talks about clothing. So it just covers everything. And it basically says to, to young Christian women, bring beauty into your home wholesome, God-blessed beauty. And I just love that. And it has really impacted me through the years as a homemaker, as a mom, as a wife, as a homeschool mom. I have gleaned so much truth from this book. And hopefully I have passed it on. I just, I really love that book. The next book I want to talk about is called Creative Counterpart. Now, Creative Counterpart is by Linda Dillow, and it's basically a book about being a wife. It does mention the children. It does mention, um, you know, taking care of your home in really helpful, practical ways. But some of my favorite things, I'm I'm holding this book in my hand right now. These books are so precious to me. And I'm going to read the chapters just so you get an idea. Number one, the honeymoon disaster. Number two, the beautiful blueprint. Number three, God's game plan. Number four, the priority planner. Number five, my own Robert Redford. Now that dates the book a bit, doesn't it? Because, you know, now we might say my own Brad Pitt, or I don't even know who the cutest guy is around. Number six, his greatest fan. I love that, cheering your husband on. Number seven, the executive vice president. I love that um, visual of me being the vice president, the executive vice president. Number eight, inherit a blessing. Number nine, my beloved, my friend. Number 10, the creative lover. And number 11, the consistent responder. This book is so good. I love this book. It is one of the best books I know of on being a wife. Again, it's called The Creative Counterpart, just Creative Counterpart, Becoming the Woman, Wife, and Mother You've Longed to Be by Linda Dillow. What an amazing book. And I feel like it just gives such practical application of being a wife that's truly a blessing. He who finds a wife finds a good thing. And that definitely, definitely does that. 
The next book I want to mention is called The Christian Family, and this is by Larry Christensen. Now, I know we have redefined family in our generation. (laughs) We've redefined marriage. We've redefined everything. But this book is such a good go-to book. It was published in 1970, and it is called The Christian Family by Larry Christensen. It is basically about the Christian family. It looks at roles and responsibilities. It looks at how families relate to God. It looks at parents' role in teaching their children about the Lord and bringing them up in the faith. It is an amazing book. And I think every Christian should read this book, whether they're married or not, to understand what God is talking about when he talks about family, when he talks about marriage, when he talks about raising children, because we have lost our way. And this is such a solid biblical book. Again, this is called The Christian Family by Larry Christensen. And the final book that I want to talk about is The Spirit of Loveliness by Emily Barnes. And the subtitle is Bringing Beauty, Creativity, and Order to Your Life. Now, the thing is, Emily Barnes, I probably have 20 books by her. I love her. I love to buy her books. They're all beautiful. They have lovely illustrations. And so you almost look at them and you think, oh, it's just more of a a tabletop book. No, wow, it's not a coffee table book. These books are absolutely beautiful and filled with wisdom, and filled with truth. So this book, I'm going to read you the chapter titles like I did before. This has had such a huge impact on who I am as a woman. And I would recommend this book to any woman. You don't have to be married to be able to put these things into practice. And that's the same as true. She has a lot of books on organization, on creativity, on hospitality. A lot of tea books, uh, friendship teas, um, tea party books for children. Um, I think she is with the Lord now, but I am not sure on that. I, I'm pretty sure she is with the Lord now. But wow, what a woman of beauty and order. So here's that table of contents, the spirit of welcome. In other words, saying, welcome to my world. Welcome to me. The spirit of creativity. The spirit of femininity. The spirit of the garden, the spirit of the kitchen, the spirit of stillness, the spirit of godliness, the spirit of hospitality, the spirit of celebration. She has another book that I love. It's called Life Began in a Garden. It's all about gardens. It's all about gardening. And But the basic idea is... This takes you below the surface. Yes, it gives you a lot of a lot of practical ways to garden, to show hospitality, to cook and bake, but it takes you underneath that to basically what's the essence of why you welcome people into your life? What's the essence of why we're created? Of of what it means to be feminine? Of what you can discover? in a garden. You know, life began in a garden. God himself planted the first garden. And then in the kitchen, as you're cooking, as you're um, fixing things and preparing things with love. And I think of so many of my friends that are such good cooks 
And the love that they put into cooking, my daughter, Juliana, my friend, Laura, my daughter, Katie Beth, my daughter, Jenny Rose, these women, they, they cook and they prepare and they serve. And, you know, it's such a blessing. Lee Ann makes me these peach cobblers or cherry crisps, and they're so good and they're made with so much love. And I think, you know, when you cook like that, you have the heart to bless other people. It's just so, it makes life so delightful. Anyway, that is this book, Emily Barnes. And of course, as I, you know, recommend these books, Emily Barnes or Edith Schaefer, anything they have written is a favorite of mine. But I especially chose those ones out. And as I stand here and I'm looking at this pile of books that I've gone through and shared with you, the pages are a little bit tattered and the covers are torn, but they have done their job. They have poured truth and beauty and life into my soul. And I'm so grateful for books. And like I said, these seven books are like treasured friends. And one of the reasons I told you about them is I hope that you will take time and you will discover them for yourself and you will read them and they will speak to you the way they have spoken to me and they will help you to become more of the woman that God has called you and created you to be. So again, it's Labrie by Edith Schaefer, For Better or Best by Gary Smalley, Shepherding a Child's Heart by Ted Tripp, Hidden Art of Homemaking by Edith Schaefer, Creative Counterpart by Linda Dillow, The Christian Family by Larry Christensen, and Spirit of Loveliness by Emily Barn. And this is episode 169, if you're wanting the show notes. And I just, I want to also remind you, Laura and I are co-owners of Powerline Productions, and this business is all about helping women, helping families to go deeper with the Lord in their homeschooling, in their homes, in their relationships. Pastor Mike has written some real men um, discipleship manuals, and Laura and I have written a lot of homeschooling curriculum, Bible studies, things like that. We love living books, and if you use our curriculum, you will discover almost all of our curriculum uses living books, either as the core or in supplement. So I encourage you to find that set of seven yourself or set of 10 books that have really impacted you and changed your life. And I hope that some of my seven will be on your list of seven. God bless you and have a wonderful, wonderful month. And I will see you again in two weeks. See you then. Thank you for listening to Finish Well Homeschooling Podcast with Meredith Curtis and the Finish Well team. Please listen in every first and third Monday of each month at 7 p.m. Eastern Time here at the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network.